The NBA season is heating up and Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon have got you covered on The Mismatch. They discuss all the news, the trends, and transactions happening around the league. They also offer their on-court analysis and occasionally get into heated debates. Check out The Mismatch on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, Thursday edition, the second and last vacay show. The strangest episode in the history of the show, I'll tell you that. Me and Jesse are actually across the table from each other. We've never done this thing live in a room together. He's looking right at me. It's making me so it is uncomfortable. Brutal. <laughs> he is nine inches taller than, well, more than that, actually. Uh, 10 inches taller. Let's call it an even 10. Let's just say you are abnormally short and I'm tall, and that's a good thing. I like it. So between that, my computer audio is dinging because I'm using a laptop, which is worthless. And then I've got the two dogs are actually sleeping in the same room right now. I'm waiting for them to wake up mid-recording and go nuts. So Wouldn't change it for the world. Prepare I'm having yourself a great for the time. best seven minutes of podcasting in the history of mankind. <laughs> Here's what I want to do. Before we, before we jump in, I'm not going to take up a lot of time. I just want to say I really appreciate you covering last uh, episode. And I want to say, Indy, thank you, bud, for jumping in there. You know what I was doing during that recording? I was at the beach and I was thinking about you, but at the same time, I wasn't. I was getting my mind right so that I could come back, be ready for this episode. I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. Just so we're clear, the first thing Jesse said afterwards, he's like, how did it go? I was like, it was fine. It wasn't that great. Like, it's weird going solo. <laughs> Indy was nervous at the beginning. Then he got better. His and his only response to me was, I'm so glad it wasn't good without me. That was not my only That's response. Fine. And you know that. All right. get That's You know why true. you're back? For the next thing you say. Big picture. Ronick was not having the voices. No. So. <laughs> um, this is the fastest coverage of big picture. It has been talked about at nauseum by The Ringer and everybody else. Game one is in the books. We got game two coming up tonight. Suns, Bucks. I Nothing has changed. CP3, Booker, to me, are still very good buys. I would still hold those guys. If you want to sell and make money short-term, fine. But I think both of those guys coming off a finals win, if it happens, uh, are going to be worth more at the start of next season than they're worth right now, even if they spike after the win. Because I think the market itself is going to come back stronger next year as compared to where it is right now. That's one point. The other thing is, I would just tell people, pump the brakes. Everybody is so excited about this one win. You know, the Bucs looked, looked completely dead in the water against uh, the Nets. They got beat by, what, 45 points or something? They got absolutely destroyed, and they Ridiculous. came back and won the series. So people need to breathe. I know one game, and it's like there's nothing else to talk about in sports, but we need to take a few breaths. Nothing has changed, in my opinion, though, in terms of cards. I actually still think the Bucks are going to win, which means they are not because I am consistently <laughs> wrong. So I'm going to I'm still stick with my Giannis cards. I will be selling after the win and the spike because I am sick of him. But I would still hold CP3 and Booker. I didn't know that you were a Bucks. I thought you were pulling for Suns. No, I'm only pulling for the Bucks because of my financial interest. That's right. That's right. Okay. I will say this. I was looking at uh, card prices, and I know you said it's mainly the same. It is, and it is, but it is interesting to see how. You've seen Chris Paul kind of coming up slightly and Giannis slightly going is. down to the point where their value, like for their, um, all right, so I'm talking the Chris Paul 2005 Topps Chrome PSA 10 and the Giannis 2013 um, Prism. So these are their signature cards, what typically they, like 1700? speaking. But they're, yeah, they're both right around the uh $1,500 mark or so right now. Which is high for Chris, low for yeah. Exactly. Giannis, it's just Giannis, interesting Giannis. to see how they've kind of met in the middle now that they're in this finals uh, game. So definitely whoever wins, I think we'll see a separation there. But at this point, I think 
the card prices are kind of ind- indicative of the overall thought of, you know, no one knows really at this point after game one who's going to win. So Yeah, and my thing is I think the market itself will return so much stronger by the time the season starts next year. If you're okay holding a few months, I think that is the smarter play. Um, yeah, and, and again, one game, we're done. That's it. That is the whole big picture. Done. I Next. Think, I think the best thing that we've decided so far in the show is not to make eye contact with we each other. We have not looked at each other I much, don't. which has been good. It we're, is so awkward. He touches his face so much. I haven't even picked my nose it this whole time brutal. either. It is brutal. Did you we're, want to say that on, on the recording? People pick their nose. What's the big deal with that? That's not a secret. I mean, do you, what do you do to get a booger out? This is, okay, the, go to the next subject. <laughs> that's My the God. first time I made eye contact with yeah, him. thanks. Vintage football. We don't need the intro. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'm already regretting this. This is the most oh. awkward thing. Could you turn around? And then he just scratched his nose. <laughs> I did, just said, now that's all I'm thinking about. So this was something we teased a couple weeks ago. I do, And we're going to talk like, I'm supposed to do the show intro, the preview. I don't know. It's vacation mode. I mean, we're going to release some sort of, or maybe we won't release a clip. I've got like a nine-day beard. It's almost all gray. I've got a palm tree hanging behind me, and I haven't combed my hair in a week and a half. You look so, so good, bro. I am, I, and I am dark. I've been tanning like nobody's business. Yeah. Needless to say, I forgot the show intro. Uh, we're going to talk some vintage football quick because I do think that might be the next one that we see steady gains in. A quick, quick little thing about the market dip in liquidity and cards. We're bringing back the 101 this week, real brief, too. How to buy cards safely, how to ship cards properly. We'll just hit it quick. Got a bunch of mailbag and then some quick notes at the end. So And oh, straight facts homie, oh, which for some that. reason isn't on here. Perfect, because it doesn't <laughs> need to be. You're doing great. So vintage football, to me, this is the thing. It peaked, obviously. Uh, you know, most of the numbers peaked February, March-ish. And about eight months ago to 10 months ago, everything kind of started to steadily rise. Then we got the abnormal spikes. So there were six cards I was looking at. Here's the reason I picked these six. Six of the biggest stars left. All but one is still living. Uh, and the pop counts are not crazy out of control. You have some of this actual yes. data. Yeah, I've got pricing. I've got questions as well, but go ahead. Okay, so here's the six guys I focused on. Bradshaw, Montana, Staubach, and Unitas. Jim Brown, Jerry Rice. All rookies, nothing crazy. And I try to keep it in realistic levels. The Brown is by far the most expensive, but I try to keep these as cards that would be attainable. First of all, you can find them. Not super easy to find because the pops are relatively low, but they're not tens of thousands of dollars either. So, for example, we'll start at the lowest. I think the Rice is the cheapest card on there. Oh, which one are you prepared for? So, No, I've got them all right here. Um, let's see. So Jerry Rice, 1986 tops. PSA 8 is what I went with. Yes, What's the actual? What's the value right now? So right now, that card's selling for two hundred and sixty-seven dollars. Yeah, absolute peak a couple months ago was what? Man, February seventh. This card sold for eight hundred and forty dollars. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Now compare this to a year ago. You have the year ago stats. So about two sixty right now. A year ago, I'm gonna say they were pretty close. Uh, let's. I mean, it was even lower. It was like 125 a year ago. Oh, wow. Okay, so Rice is kind of an outlier. Granted, so granted, that being said, by September of last year, um, it had gone up to 475. And that's what I was talking about, kind of like that 10-month. Yeah. Point being, this card is where it was over a year ago. Excuse me, it's double what it was a year ago, but it's still, I don't know, 40% of its absolute peak, not even, 30%. I think Jerry Rice is a guy... Now, I don't think we're going to see this absolute crazy spike like we saw in February with basketball, but I do think that's an awesome buy. Like, I just think Jerry Rice rookie stuff, and almost all of his grades kind of across the board did this. We just tried to pick stuff at different levels price-wise. 
Jerry Rice to me, though, is a guy, all-time great. I don't think anybody's arguing he's not the best receiver of all time. Jesse's heard of Jess, Jerry Rice, which means, yeah, which means he's good. You know what team he played for? Yeah, San Francisco. Uh, oh, he's Giants, looking at the computer. Never mind. <laughs> but to me, again, very safe play. The PSA, uh, so we went with PSA 8 on Jerry Rice. We also went with his quarterback, 1981 tops, PSA 8 Montana. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Before oh, we do that, I just have please. a question. Why did we go PSA 8 instead of PSA 10? Just uh, no, better you're not price gonna, comparison. Yeah, who's going to buy a PSA 10? I mean, what's a PSA 10 doing right now? 30 uh, grand? That's a good question. PSA 10 is doing, oh my goodness. 50 grand? 87,000. And what's the pop count on it? 59. That's what I mean. No one's finding that. What's the pop count on PSA 8s? 12,000. Yeah, see, I don't... So that's why the card is low, by the way. It's 250 bucks because there's 12,000. That is by far the cheapest card we're going to talk about and the highest pop card. But it's not going anywhere. Football season's coming back. It's going to have a ton of attention, especially since NBA, NHL are going to be done by then. Baseball, we're going to be into the you know 15th month in a row of it. Football is going to command a ton of attention this year. We've seen in the offseason like never before. I think that's going to continue. Well, plus, I feel like this is the grade that most guys, if they have this card and yeah. they don't already know about the card boom and they're pulling out their old cards, yep. this probably hasn't been kept in mint condition. They're they're probably hoping to get a PSA 8. It's, it's reasonable. Uh, also, PSA 8, 1981 Joe Montana rookie. So throw me the value now and the pop count. Because way less. Rice is crazy. So Joe Montana is pop count 7,500. Okay. So almost half. Um, right now selling for 425. Absolute peak of that was what? Nine, a little over $900. 923. Is that January? Back February? in March. Okay. March yeah. 10th. January, February, March when everything spiked. Yep. So you're talking less than half of that now. And then what was it in September? Because all these cars almost trended identical. So, well, in a year ago, again, so a year ago, this was at 285. So, again, we're still up above where it was. Way up above. New floor. Um, but in September, it hit uh, a little over 500. Five, five. 550. And you can buy it right now for, what did you say? 425. Yeah. So, again, Montana, to me, he's the second best quarterback of all time. Granted, he only has the one rookie. That's why the pop count is high. But 7,500 is not out of this world for a card like that. The other thing is, too, People are worried about PSA flooding the market with these things. There's not a bunch of PSA 8 Montana rookies coming back. Don't You just did it again. Don't make eye contact with me. <laughs> Look I away. I, you I made a head move, and I was like, to go. do you, you need, need me? To do? Turn your camera on. That's what we need. Turn your camera on so I can see you on the computer. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, perfect. Okay. I like the Montana play. I like Jerry Rice for this price. Again, the price at Rice, under 300 I like Montana. Again, living legend, not going anywhere. We've already seen the crazy spike. I think people start to view this again as kind of that investment level. You can get weird with him at PSA 9s and 10s. I am interested the the PSA 10 because the PSA 10 is at about 48,000. What's the pop? But the so it's got about double the pop of the PSA 10 Jerry Rice. It's at Jerry Rice had, so Jerry Rice at 86 has a crazy green and white striped border. Yeah. Super hard on centering. Oh, okay. Um what's a PSA 9 Montana? Uh PSA 9 is running 5 uh 25. Holy crap. Well, that's weird though that a PSA 10 is not even double that. If you're going to spend the kind of money on a 9, just buy the 10. You're talking about the Montana being 48, uh, the 10, at a 9, it's 2,500. Oh, okay, 2,500. Yes, yeah, 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 I'm sorry. I don't think that's a bad buy. What was the peak on a 9? Uh, the peak on the 9 got up to a little over 5,000. Yeah, again, I, I think Montana's a good buy. Obviously more money, but a solid buy. Let's get through the next few. I will say he has jumped a little bit. He hit, or for that PSA 9, it was down to two thousand. Uh, it's up to twenty five hundred with a couple sales in the last couple weeks. So 
Nice. Um, all right. So, so let's go to the going? 70s quarterbacks now. And I forgot the year. You'll have to remind me. Was it 1972 for Staubach? Staubach was 1972. Okay. 1972, Roger Staubach, on. PSA 7. Yeah. Value, pop, peak. So the we're looking at the PSA 7 uh, with a pop of 591. Yep. Current value, 804. Now, here's the interesting thing about this, and this is what I'm kind of confused about. So its peak was... 995 just about a thousand actually one sold for a thousand back in february um so the question is this card selling for or had a sale of 804 as of july 4th mm -hmm. this card has been below 804 for since middle of may um it's been trending down in fact as of july 1st it sold for 400 dollars Oh, so he's way on the rise. Yeah, that there was a huge spike up to this 804 number. I was just curious. Was, did something go on with Sawback recently? or No. Okay. So what happened with him? Where was his September when everybody else kind of spiked early before this huge jump? What was he doing in September? So September, he, did, he was up to like 720. Um, oh, weird. So he stayed almost more consistent with harsh... Like real short spikes and valleys, but almost more consistent across yeah, the board. Yeah, granted, there aren't a ton of sales, um, but for the ones what's there the are, pop? you said five ninety one, five ninety one, and again, this is the PSA seven. And what's so, his a year ago? So a year ago, he was at three sixty one. Yeah, so there's your first one. I would stay away from. Not Here, that I well, think. Let's just say maybe the eight hundred, maybe the eight hundred four is an outlier. What was that? Um, maybe the eight hundred four was an outlier. Even even if it is, let's hopefully it's not. But even if it is. The last card sold was four hundred dollars. The last card before that was forty five. This is still higher than where he was a year ago. So to me, if you can get that card, I would put this with Montana under five hundred. I like it. What's a PSA eight doing? Can you pull that up quick? Yeah. So PSA eight. Jesse's this good card, on the fly. Three thousand with a pop of four hundred. See, I don't like that. That's a harsh spike above with way higher of a pop. Well, and that actually has come down a little bit. As of yeah. in June, it was four thousand. So Staubach, I don't mind. I think it's a safe play. I just, I, I would, I would be a little leery of buying into him right now. Do you have a guess on what his um, PSA ten? PSA ten is. What's the pop? Two. <laughs> so it's whatever. I mean, are there even any sales? Uh no. Yeah, I, no clue. Current, they're valuing it though at one hundred twenty-three thousand. I mean, I guess I, you know at that yeah. point, what, what do you do? Yeah, a pop of two. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. My point in saying this too is the reason I want to talk some vintage and not baseball because everybody talks vintage or baseball. You always hear like vintage is the safest play. You buy it. doesn't matter. It always goes up. It's not true. There's a lot of value buys in vintage, like the first couple guys we talked about. But in this instance, Staubach to me right now, not a great play. So let's go to the next one. I don't want to tie up the whole show with this. Terry Bradshaw, 1971 PSA 5. To me, this is the most underappreciated card of everybody here. Bradshaw is the most relevant guy for these older school football quarterbacks. Hall of Famer, still living, four Super Bowl rings. My wife knows who he is. I mean, he's been in like rom-coms. He's on Fox all the time. The most culturally relevant of any of these older guys. Failure to launch. Matthew sure, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey of course, so, Kate Hudson. So good. so good. Hey, now. Okay. Um, current pop. So this is PSA 5. Yep. Current pop is 650. Card selling for $300. Yeah. What was the peak? Um, so give me like the peak, the September, we, and the year ago. So the peak, weirdly enough, was actually not in February, March time. This was May, May 20th. It hit 450. Okay. Um, but back in March, uh, there was a January to April. It had a few spikes above 400. So right around 400. Um, year ago, though, 
it was 167. So still quite a bit, almost double what it was doing a year ago. September timeframe. Actually, it didn't really have a, a pop in September. Okay, give me now just give me his PSA 7 just to put in perspective. PSA that used 7, to be about a $2,000 card. You sure PSA 7 was a $2,000 card? Because this pop, uh, the highest it got up to was, again, in May. Something happened in May with Terry Bradshaw, because that's where all these cards popped a little. Um, it was $1,200. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of, maybe I'm thinking 1000 then. Okay. See, what's the pop on that? Like 200 740 Higher pop on 7 than 5 Yep. That's weird. See, to me, then, the play on that guy would be the 7 Less than double the price of a five for two full grades above, even though the pop's relatively similar. Yeah. I think Terry Bradshaw in general is a very good buy. I've been saying this for a while, and I don't think you're going to buy this and we're going to see the spike like we did in February. I'm not expecting that with any of these guys. Bradshaw, to me, another very good buy. Two more real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Johnny Unitas, 1957 tops, the horizontal card. Same with Bart Starr. Raymond Berry was an awesome set. PSA 6. Now, I bought this card back in February for 1600 Oh, you have It is this? not worth anywhere near that now. What's it trending at now? Like 1100 1000 What'd you buy it at? I bought it at 16 I know I overpaid. I was on the show and talked about it. It was a little over. It was a little high. Um, currently selling for about 1100 Yeah, I bet I bought in close to the peak. Oh, really? What was the, I bet the peak well, one that's under two grand. No, no, no. It did hit over two grand. So March, it hit 2200 So that was kind of a weird outlier. Because before that, they were not trending that high. Yeah, so before that, they were somewhere between uh, a little over about 1200 to 1600 This, in fact, right now, this 1100 is about the low it's been for six months. Yeah, I love the I love the Johnny United's play. What's the pop on that? Uh, eight hundred and fifty-eight. Yeah, a little higher than I thought because hey, we're going with a lower grade. It's still though. I mean, about double what it was five hundred uh, mid five hundreds a year ago. Yeah, I'm still in on you. That's why I bought at sixteen hundred. To me, this was a long-term play. Yes, I bought in too early. Right now at eleven though, I don't think we're going to see that card go below four figures anytime. I just don't. I think the floor is set now. I don't think we'll see it. The next one is one of the first shows we did. We talked about this card. I, we were talking about this being a $2,000 card way back in the day, and I thought it was a great buy then. 1958 tops, Jim Brown, PSA 5 rookie. First and foremost, what is the pop on that? Because these cards are out quite a bit. I bet it's relatively high. It is. It's uh, almost 700 Okay, almost 700 So relatively high pop. When it comes to vintage, centering is a huge determining factor in this. Two PSA 5s are not identical. Centering is the most important factor almost all the time, unless there's some sort of weird surface blemish on the card, like on the face of it. But centering is massive. I'm not saying there is no PSA 9 of this card or PSA 10, but oh. the card letter at least doesn't have one. It only The highest it goes is a PSA 8. What's which, a PSA 8 doing? 15 grand? 20 grand? Uh, 24, almost. 23 I, and I almost bought that card about two years ago for $10,000. I just think Jim Brown's another guy. Civil rights activist. Unbelievably respected in all, I mean, by everybody in the sports world. Some would still argue he is the greatest, and you could make the easy argument, greatest football player ever. And his, and his rookie's in the 50s. Again, you compare this to like baseball, basketball. I just feel like he might be the most undervalued, underappreciated star of all all time in any sport because vintage football's always been the slowest to catch on. I think we, we've seen that start to turn. What's that card doing now? Pops about 700. Is it doing like three grand ish? 2,500? We're currently at 2,900. Okay. So about three grand. That's got to be close to the peak, right? Uh, or did it get peak, real high? Actually, it, it had a nice jump back in Five? March about 48. 
Okay. And then give me a year ago pricing. Year ago pricing, that is where it's kind of crazy. Uh, it was only $800 a year ago. Yeah. And then about what was in September, October ish? Um, about 2000. Even then, um, October of last year, it got up to 2600 Yeah. I just, I think we're very close to the floor with Jim Brown. Again, unbelievable football player, talent, relatively low pop. That's a guy he's getting very old at this point. I know nobody wants to hear about the mortality thing, but it's true. I just think Jim Brown might be the safest buy of any of those guys. So anyways, those six I like. We're going to put that on our social. Which one you think is the best buy? Done. Spent too much time. My apologies. I thought it was good. I think people want to know more about vintage. Well, we never talk football. football. Everybody's yeah. talking about the finals. It's been one game. Like We're breaking down every, every dribble of the basketball. Like I don't care. One quick note I wanted to make because we had some questions last week and this week in the mailbag. The market dip, is there any tie to liquidity and the grading, uh, what's happened in the grading world the past six months? One million percent yes. First of all, there is not as much liquidity in the hobby. Crypto's had a big impact on that, no question. The economy is not as strong as it was six, eight months ago either. So that's definitely, that has caught up to people. Grading being shut down means people can't just send in regular cards, flip them quick, make profit, put it back in the hobby. That's had a huge effect. And then the cost of grading has gotten a lot more expensive. A lot of people, almost everybody in the hobby has a budget. And a lot of people are not in the 10s, 20s, 50, 100,000 budget range. There's a lot of just regular people in this hobby, like which is great. That's what keeps the hobby going. But the fact that we see, saw the market dip the hardest when grading became impossible, I think is a direct connection. So we got a bunch of questions about that. I absolutely think that's the case. Well, there goes that are you ready question for straight, from the mailbag. Are Let you me. ready for straight facts, homie? Or are you going to just keep making a mess <laughs> of this room? I forgot I got to do a voice. If I got to do a voice, a straight hacks, a homie. Yeah, that is Tom Brokaw. I don't know what was worse, that or your coughing. So, <laughs> all right, straight facts, hit it. All right, um, some interesting stuff going on in the world of uh, guys who keep track of what's coming out of PSA. Um, so there's a, a site, gemrate.com, that apparently analyzes all of the pop count stuff that comes from PSA, kind of giving an idea to all of us. Of Where did you get this, by the way? Is this the thing from the Facebook group? The guy posted that chart? No, I didn't see that. Okay, chart. we'll talk about that next Monday because there's a guy who's done a few of these breakdowns. So I, this I is from Sports Collectors Daily. Honestly, I get a lot of straight facts, homie, from this guy. This He does really good work. Um, so they graded about 736,000 cards in June, PSA did, um, which is, averages about 24,000 cards a day. Which is what Nat told us. Okay, 25-ish. Okay. Um, so most of the cards that were graded last month were submitted prior to 2021. So Catching just, up on the backlog. Yeah. I so, had my grades pop literally 10 minutes before we signed yeah, up for the right show. right before we sat down. I was pretty excited about it. Um, in all, PSA has graded more than a million, 1.3 million cards in the last two months, which, again, this is still good, but they're indicating still millions, multi-millions of cards left. Now, here's what's kind of interesting about what is coming out um, of, of PSA. So the bulk of the cards are modern cards. Um, there are about 277,000 of these. They're basketball cards. 50,000 of those cards feature one player. Zion. Nope. Luca. Jordan. Oh, everybody's just Jordan. There, everybody. Now you say, okay, so yeah, we're talking modern, not <clears throat> ultra modern. Everybody's yes. just just grading every, which I've done, yeah. by the way, and you can make money doing it. 
But that's I, crazy. I think 50,000 of those basketball cards are Jordan cards. Um, and by the way, here's a fun fact. Let me interject this because this was the guy. Jorge, I'm going to butcher the name. Nordlich? Noreldic? Oh, you couldn't get Noreldic? That's easy. I killed it. Uh, July 1st, 40,561 cards was the daily high for the year. Of what was for being PSA, graded? Graded cards on PSA. 40,000 cards in a day. That's yeah. not bad. Now, that means, though, that was like all ultra-modern. Super easy to grade because vintage yeah. takes way more time, we heard. Well, so. I mean, if this, according to these numbers, their average was 24,000 a day, so 40 in one day is pretty good. 219 of those were John Morant PSA 9s. 200 were Prism, uh, Prism Zion PSA 10s. I want to break this down because this guy's done a chart the last few weeks of this. This Jorge dude, I've looked into some of He has the charts. He's got the... It's color-coordinated. You know I feel great about that, so I can actually see what I'm reading. He's got it broken down by sport. Anyways, go so, ahead. So, um, Rate basically put out... A, there's a whole lot of information to, to get from this, but um, if you guys are wondering what's coming out as far as um, PSA 10s, I know a lot of guys are saying they're not putting out as many. 53% of the 1.1 million cards... Um, one point. I'm sorry, let me specify... 1.1 million basketball cards from 2019 to 2020, these were graded PSA 10s. So 53%, over half of them are PSA really? 10s. I, I think that's almost too high, honestly. But again, these are more modern cards where, you know, the centering and stuff wasn't necessarily as hard to get with some of the more vintage stuff. Okay. Um, so that being said, I think uh, anybody who's still interested in vintage, they're still... They said they saw a huge spike, 61% increase in Shaquille O'Neal's uh, 92, 93 Topps rookie card. Makes sense. Um, That's why it's the price come down so hard. And there were more than 21,000 of the 86 Jordan cards, specifically that Jordan card uh, that was graded. However, in all of that, only one additional PSA 10 was added, So, which brought the total up to 318. Um, but anyway, so that's kind of an interesting fact. What's coming out of PSA? Um, they're going to continue to focus on, um, more modern. In fact, some more ultra modern, modern stuff and football cards, bulk submission football stuff is going to start popping a little bit more. Um, and anything under $700 raw, I'm going to continue like I did the last three weeks in a row. Now I'm going to walk them in and grade them at SGC. There you no go. question. So, um, other piece of interesting news was the Steph Curry rookie. $5.9 million is what oh, they're Oh, this saying. is the problem. This he is interesting. Now, nah, here's the issue. Jesse doesn't listen to the no, show. No, no, We covered this. At, no, I, I talked oh, about this did? on Tuesday. Oh, Jesse did, never listens to podcast, by the way. I told you yeah, I can't listen to it. It was a valuation. It wasn't an actual sale. Same sort of song and dance with the Ruth. It was alt. Yeah, we're good. Okay, Next. so we're all clear on that. Um, you have the picture right. of the Jordan that got pulled a Golden. Yeah, so that was the other thing Hit I was going to pull. Quick. And that's that's the last of the straight facts, homie. Michael Jordan, 1986, Flair rookie, PSA 10, went, it actually went to auction and then had to be removed, correct? Yes. So this is what I'm kind of confused about is why is the consigner willing to do this? They're, so they, so to break it down, Golden put up a card, PSA 10, again, that the Jordan 86 rookie. Flair. Yep. They... Apparently, there's a controversy of people don't think it should be a PSA 10. It doesn't. Uh, yeah, there obvious, are signs of it not obvious being. condition issues visible through the holder and potential holder tampering was the other thing. Oh, I so didn't they're see sending the card back to PSA 
Here's what's interesting about the time. Can I can I hijack the segment for a second? Yes, go ahead. Here's what's weird about the timing. So we came out last week. Nat Turner and the group that bought PSA have bought Golden. Now all of a sudden, and there was a lot of talk. Like, is it going to be a lot of collusion? What's going to happen here? Now all of a sudden we have a story where it's like, hey, this Jordan. Can- Look how diligent we are. We're finding this Jordan. We're not just trying. In a perfect world, and and maybe this is the case. They just saw the card that was that was not, and you can tell people. I've owned PSA tens like this. Sometimes you can look at a card and you're like, "Dude, this corner is clearly has white on it. It's not a PSA ten condition card." Doesn't mean it's a fake holder or anything else. Just means the grader had a bad day. But on a '86 Jordan, that should never, that just shouldn't happen. So my issue is this: I'm glad you found it and you pulled it. It was like upon further examination. Well, what changed in the last couple of weeks since you've had the card? Why didn't you look at it before you posted it? That's why I think someone must have called them out. Well, I think either somebody called them out or they just realized, hey, we're working with PSA now. We can't have any like collusion going. I, I just, it's just a bad look to me. I mean, it, they're coming across like, hey, we're diligent here to find this. Well, if you were diligent, you wouldn't have put it up in the first place. Well, that's the issue I have. I also find this interesting that the consigner is approving of this. Like, I, I don't know what that means. Like, does the consigner, like, why, what incentivizes the consigner to want to no send idea. this back to PSA? Because what's the worst case scenario, or best case scenario is it stays a 10, which is what it's already selling as, as a 10. I mean, like, this seems like a weird story because to me, if I'm a consigner, I don't want to send this card back for a possible. Oh, of course. I mean, you're talking hundreds of thousands. If it comes back a nine, you're losing. Like if if there was fraud, I definitely am not going to send it in to them. And at you that can't point. sell it as a ten right now. And this holder, everybody's seen screenshots of the serial number. So that's what I mean. Like it's so. This is just a it's very brutal. weird thing. It doesn't really make sense to me. Why did this get past step one at Golden? Is my issue. Don't come out now and say you're scrutinizing it. You should have done this before you put it up for auction. That's the problem I have. And if this comes back from PSA as an actual 10 again after seeing damage on the card, I'm going to lose my mind next week too. You can't tell me the card all of a sudden becomes a 10 without you doing something to it. Or without you saying to PSA, hey, it's a high-profile auction. We need to be a 10 again. Since we're working for the same guy, just bump the grade. So Golden posted this on their Instagram. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out. Anyways, that's it. All right. Uh, quick release for tomorrow. Luminance Football comes out tomorrow on Friday, July 9th, 2021. This year. Oh, okay. Uh, Luminance, three autos per box, one relic, five SPs, four inserts, 12 rookies. Retail is right like 275. I've seen guys move in this 225 range. I don't think it's a bad buy. Uh, I'm interested to see if they are pro or college uniform. I believe it's going to be college uniform again. There were some rumors it was going to be pro. So I think it's a decent buy at that price, a little over 200. I'm not paying 275 a box. Um, I don't think it's a terrible buy for... Uh, personal boxes. A lot of times I'm on there just saying things are great for for um, breaks. I think it's fine to break too. Chase your team. I don't hate this as a personal box though for the price. Where if he just rolled over on his back, I got a few minutes out of him. Good, uh, because it, it's one of those things. You, first pro, one of the first products that comes out. Uh, just to cut off the mailbag question we had for later, Elite, which comes out in a week or two. Same thing. It's been pro. It's been college in the past. I don't know this year. Gold standard in two to three weeks for sure will be pro uniforms. So gold standard may be the first, although elite beforehand might as well. I'm just not sure. But I don't hate luminance for tomorrow. I missed the 101. I'm going to hit that real fast, too. Yeah, go back. You want to go cough somewhere? You good? No, I, I have a cough. I'm saving he's, it for Jesse's later. Jesse's doing good. <laughs> uh, the 101 this week. How to buy safely, how to ship properly. We get these questions a lot. I just don't address them because I always think, I'm like, how do you not know? Because there's a ton of new guys. So... On eBay, look at people's feedback and actually take a minute and read the feedback, especially on expensive cards. What are people saying about past transactions they've had? On other social media platforms, ask for vouchers. 
If you're in like Facebook groups, hey, can somebody vote for Mike Giuseppe? I want to buy this card from him. Can we get some vouchers? A lot of guys will ask for you to coin the card, which just means can you put a date like Mike Giuseppe, July 8th, and put that little note on the card so I can prove. It's like proof of life with a ransom situation. Same thing. Okay. Jesse, was that where you were going? I was going to make a proof of life comment, sure. but go ahead. It's the same thing, just to prove the person actually has it. But then follow through with being safe. Pay PayPal goods. Venmo, Cash App, there's no protection. If you're wiring money, you better trust the person because you're not getting that cash back. I just tell people, pay PayPal goods, get vouchers, do some diligent, you know, your due diligence ahead of time. I have been stiffed on deals maybe 10 times over the course of my entire buying career, and I've always gotten my money back or gotten refunded because I've always paid PayPal goods. Or I've been able to put enough pressure on it where I could just, you know, call the person out and make. But just, just be smart and be safe about it. And then how to ship cards properly. For cards, even cards worth a few hundred bucks. Prior, uh, uh, not priority. First class mail is fine. Bubble mailer. I mean, obviously, don't ship the thing in an envelope. Get a bubble mailer. Put it in a top loader. Put some hard plastic around it. If you don't have, I mean, hard uh, cardboard around it. If you don't have that, get a box at the post office for free. Cut the thing up. Put it on both sides of the cards. Use some painter's tape. Don't go crazy. And just ship the card safely. Yeah, again, I just tell people, use common sense. If you have those team bags, which are big enough to put top loaders in and then seal it over the top to ensure the card doesn't slide out, great. And try to use top loaders that fit properly so the card isn't rolling around in there anyways. I just feel there's a lot of ways to be safe about this. So uh, I have a few other little quick hits I wanted to do. Okay, I want to do a quick hit too. Do it. Let me just get mine out of the way. Before you start coughing. Corey Donovan... Uh, he has a YouTube page, Yamwax. Just want to give a shout out. He's he's sending along um, one of my probably new favorite since the Phil Mickelson card. Um, he's sending along an Elon Musk numbered 46 out of 50, which apparently um, uh, 46 is the age that Phil Mickelson <laughs> retired or so it was. I can't remember now, sure. but it's uh, thank you, Corey. Big shout out. Really appreciate it. SGC 10. I will hold that till the day I die or until it's worth a million dollars. Over one. under 10. Never mind. We're not going to play that game. You're going to live a long, you're going to live a long, prosperous life. I'm healthy. You're doing great. He's doing I've probably, fantastic. I've probably not gained more than 10 pounds on this trip. I'm so going to go under good. 10 um, for years. Okay. A couple quick notes. Uh, obviously, the Euro, I think that game is tonight, Italy and England. I think the Futures game for sure is Sunday, All Star weekend. Huge events across the football. Oh, Ronick, look at this, Ronick. Sunday. Oh, so Sunday's man. a huge day. So we've got Indy doing some research on the futures game in baseball because I want to know what prospects before and after, who has a big game, who you can expect to spike, which is actually perfect timing because we're recording Monday. So that game's Sunday night. Uh, if anything crazy happens, All Star Weekend, we'll talk about that on Monday's show, the futures game on Monday's show, and the Euro recap because there's, there's some of the biggest names in football and soccer playing in that game. We're going to kind of do some before and after, see who you should be buying or selling at that point too, just kind of give you an idea of price. Uh, so we'll do that for sure on Monday. Uh, I did see this, J-Rod, uh, Julio Rodriguez. The, I think he's the number two prospect. I think he's still rated behind Jared Kalenic in Seattle. Savage ball player. He just had the highest sale recorded for his 9-5-10-2019 Bowman auto. That's his first prospect auto. Those are hitting new highs. He came out in the same product as Luciano, Wander, uh, Ronnie Mauricio, who is killing the ball in Mets single A ball, I believe. 2019 base, 2019 Bowman, let me say that, is unbelievably loaded. I mean, that product is just ridiculous. J-Rod hitting. So if you've got J-Rod stuff now, I'd keep a close eye on when he's getting the call up, if he is, when he's getting the promotion. Uh, if not, 
and you, you want to try to make some money in the short term, I think that's a safe buy because he will see a number spike when that does happen. We saw it with Wander. We saw it with Kalenic. But you got to be prepared to sell as soon as he gets the call up, not wait for him to actually produce in the majors. Speaking of, there's another product coming out. Sure. Uh, this is Matajuski uh, had a question about this. Yep. Uh, the 2021 Upper Deck Space Jam. Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. Space Jam 2 card set's coming out. Uh, the Space Jam product comes out in a couple weeks, right? End of July? Uh, yes. Do you have a date on that? Yeah, let me pull it up. But well, I was going to say there's nothing, no autos. July 21st. Well, there are autos. The auto checklist has not been released yet. Oh, okay. NBA and WNBA stars will both have autos. But who? I have no idea. It would be amazing if LeBron had it. It's an upper deck product. They have LeBron auto rights. That would be awesome. Either way, I think it's a cool product for your kids. It says it'll come with six neon blue base parallels and then one ready to jam rainbow foil insert. I'm always ready to I'm jam. I'm ready to jam, Eyeball baby. Out. You know, uh, you know a basketball we, court right here. When we go to the beach today, we're just all it is is gonna be a space Jams. jam soundtrack. Yep. Also, uh, do you have anything else before we go to mailbag? Just real fast. Uh, Nationals, our showtime is confirmed 11 to 12 on Friday. And the show in Chicago will be on the main stage, live podcast. I've seen some other podcasts when I've been at past Nationals. They are brutal to listen to in person because <laughs> they don't interact with the audience. or they have That's these, all we'll be doing. Or they have these stage questions that are just total garbage and trash. We're just going to throw a bunch of free t-shirts and merchandise off the, off the stage for an hour. We're going to yell at people, take yeah. your questions. We're going to have fun with it. Please bring your mailbag, but honestly, just yell out a question. Well, I will. We'll just call on people from the uh, from the audience. Sit in the audience and, and just fall asleep like these other drips. We're going to have some fun with it. Uh, Peter from SGC, the president, is going to join us then, which will be kind of cool. We'll get some insider info. So Nationals, excuse me, the National on Friday, 11 to 12. I'm done. Um, Mailbag, go. And next oh. Friday, we're going to be live on Whatnot. So just a reminder there, guys, come uh, out. I'm only doing that if I get paid by them. I'm not, <laughs> waiting on money for a week and a half. So they're good for it. Um, well, all right, we'll, we'll, that'll we'll see. So before we go to Q and A, what's your favorite part about the trip so far, Mike? Oh, some small talk, <laughs> Jesse. Just just curious. Uh, it has been nice to get away. I've been crazy, crazy stressed. I will say you've relaxed way more. I thought you were going to be busy, like wanting to do card shops. Granted, we did look. There, I'm going to no hit up Nathan Caraway's card shop. Big hit sports cards in Spanish Fort, Alabama, on the ride home. Oh, okay. Nathan's been a good friend to me for years in the hobby. Well, that's so, cool. But um, no, you've had a, a very relaxing time, which I, I yeah, appreciated. I've actually like bought a couple cards. Uh, I bought some Soto Update PSA tens for like 140. <laughs> we're talking bucks. about the trip. Dang well, it. I was just sitting around. I was like, I like to do that. Um, yeah, we, we we got an offer accepted on another house we're going to close on, so i got to get back and hustle to pay for that thing. Um, so the Our trip, house is moving along nicely. The, the um, beach has been great. We've there, chilled out. So. There we go. The dogs have done well. What would you say is your favorite song from the trip? For some reason, it makes no <laughs> sense. And a lot of our audience is probably too young to remember. Well, I don't know the audience demographics. Satellite. DMB, baby. Dave Matthews Band, Satellite. That song it is plays everywhere. everywhere in Florida. It makes no sense. <laughs> that's a nice thing dude there's no actual lyrics you just mumble no so. it's really good um we're um, gonna do that for 30 minutes straight i agree the trip's been great beaches oh my we rented goodness. a golf cart by the way and if you don't go to the gulf coast in florida it is the best beaches in america i, I had no idea close. i didn't know it was so nice ridiculous this is we like, rented a golf cart that fits all six of us yep well us five and the dogs it's Pretty fantastic. It's so. very, very nice. Right. Come down to Destin, guys. Not to, not yeah, this week. We're not staying in Destin. Leave. We're outside of it, thankfully. Destin's too busy. That's why me. I said Destin. I don't yeah, you go over there. We'll day. stay here. All right, Q and A. Let's go. Q and A. Um, Rapid fire on these for real. Oh wait, mailbag. 
Steven Ortiz. This is a weird. This was not. This was not going to be the first question, but I already asked the the Space Jam one. So yeah, we hit a few. Already. First question: Steven Ortiz from the Facebook. Growing up, who was Jesse's athletic idol? Mike, same question to you. Um, P.S. Uh, thanks for the awesome photo of Brady. They love the, they love the Brady photos. Oh, my wife's athletic wife. idol growing up. Here's the weird oh, thing. He and literally I, look at him. He just heard his name. My dog's walking around. Don't don't bring Crap. attention to it. Go go go. We gotta hit. So first. I would say um, Michael Jordan, just because again he was like the only sports guy I knew. But also uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger for some reason. I always thought like he was like super ripped and cool. Um, the weird thing is being as big as I was, like, again, I think I've said this before, but fifth grade, I was 5'11", 180 pounds. Like I'm people, not that now. people thought of me as like a full grown adult. And I was like, <laughs> oh man, I'm going to be, I'm going to grow up to be big and strong. And my mom and dad were just like, don't worry, you eat whatever you want. You're going to keep getting taller. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so I'm like already 5'11", I'm only going to grow like five more inches, but they're like, no, you're fine. Your weight's fine. Uh, that's how you grow up to have a, pro- a weight problem, kids. Learn that uh, right okay, now. Okay, we get your parents are liars. Who's the, so the <laughs> Michael Jordan and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Already, yeah, already, okay. so bottom line was oh I thought of myself as a very – I thought I was already an athletic – I was going to be big and strong and uh, learn that lesson the hard way. I was a big fan of Griffey. Griffey was huge for me growing up. Fine, the first guy who made baseball fun to watch, hat backwards. Manny, for the same reason, I loved – and then a little bit later in life, obviously, I was always well into my teenage years. Wes Welker, he was just, he was small. I always played that slot receiver position as well. I was an undersized kid, not crazy speed. Um, I, I just enjoyed watching Welker play. I was like, this is a guy who's not all that talented, but dude gives it everything. And then maybe my number one was Ray Bork. Like, this, Ray Bork was a defenseman for the Bruins growing up, top two, three, four defenseman of oh, all time. Ray Bork. Yeah, I loved Ray Bork. Um, I loved Bird growing up, but I didn't really get to watch him. It was all clips and people just talking about it. So Bork I loved, and even when he went to Colorado and got the ring, I thought that was unbelievable. Next. Brady Collier from the Facebook. I was able to land one of the UFC Prism Premium stock box sets numbered to 99. Smart. What's your strategy to maximize value on something like this? Rip and sell off the singles? Try to sell the set unopened quickly, yep. or is this a long-term hold? Oh, no, no. Either sell it quickly, fine, or hold it long-term. Don't rip. The easiest and most efficient way to make money on wax is not to rip it. Next. Um, Ross. Brady's a good customer, by the way. I like that guy. Ross Steen from the Facebook. Mike Geo, you've commented about not having a 9 to 5. Curious about your history and how you've done it. I'm 39 and I'm pretty sure I'm going to work till the day I'm dead. Yeah, I grew up with construction. I mean, did pretty well. Kind of branched out on my own and made money doing that. But but cars were my big break. We got it in 2016, 2017, put up all the money I had, which wasn't a lot. Borrowed money from everybody I knew. And me and my partner at the time just bought 70 cases of Bowman. 78 cases of Bowman, I think, was the actual number. So that went absolutely nuts and exploded. Um, good timing, honestly. Now, we hustled, and we were I thought we were better and more entertaining as breakers and card flippers than anybody else out there. I would like but to point a out, lot I think of it was that timing. was it. I think that was your biggest claim to fame, because a lot of people probably could have made money, and they they did make money over that time period, but I think what distinguished you, because I saw a lot of the breakers at that time when you got into it, you were pointing out, like, this guy and this guy, and they had big channels, but you'd watch them, and it was dull. It was Yeah, they were so boring. boring. They didn't care about people. Like, yeah, when I was you breaking, knew everybody I in knew the room. everybody, and yeah. I still try to keep up with people, because... I, to me, that's the way you do it. Same with the podcast. It, timing. 
I think me and Jesse are more entertaining than any other card podcast. Whether that's right or wrong, that's how I feel. That one guy said we were number one out of five. Yeah, but but to me, it was a lot of timing. Chris Vernon happened to hear us. He works with Simmons. We happened to get a call. That's why we're on the but network. But we also put ourselves out there. We were yeah, on we, all the yep. social media, including TikTok, which why would we be on TikTok? Right. I don't no know. question. We put ourselves out there, but a lot of it had to do with timing. And then to me, it's what you do with the opportunity. So, Nathan Richmond, your, car, your question's next. Thank you, Ross Stein. Uh, thoughts on PSA cards and the economy slash value price point. Uh, so under $500 mm-hmm. rising now that it's very clear that this submission level will not open anytime soon. Yeah. It's not opening this calendar year. I would almost guarantee. I don't think those cards are going to rise, rise much, raise, raisin, rising much. No, in it's value. Raisin. Um, just because there's so many of them cards in that level are base cards. Mainly look at the sentiment on base across the hobby. No, if somebody does something outstanding and peaks and does something, yes, but in general, no. Pops are already high on those. Like Jesse read the PSA numbers earlier. Those pops are going to continue to increase. Not dramatically. There's not going to be an you know unleashing of cards all of a sudden. But they are going to continue to steadily increase. Um, I've got a couple other questions. But before I do that, we have another quiz question. Okay. Quiz question from David Brock. Is that a thing now? Okay. So for anybody who's unfamiliar, he gave us some stats on two anonymous players. It's up to Mike to figure out who these players are. Um, all right. Player A. Uh, and should I tell you the sport? I'll know the sport when you say it. Not a lot of home runs in basketball or field goals. That's a really good point. You know, hockey. So. <laughs> go. <laughs> okay. Don't all right. Here we go. Player A stats through age 22. Um, so batting average is 289. Okay. Uh, what is OBA? Doesn't matter. Give me batting average home runs and RBI. Okay. Uh, batting average 289, home runs 97. Um, and you wanted, what was the other one? RBI. Um, it doesn't, it's got OBA and SLG. Run. Okay. What's the next guy? Um, so player B is 292 batting average, uh, 79 home runs. Soto, player A. Player A is Soto. You are incorrect. Vlad's got to be one of them. You are also incorrect. Real Otani? You are correct that Soto is one of them, but it is oh, he's not player, player B? A. Yes. He only has 80 home runs. Who has more? Is Acuna number one? He, no. You have not named him. All right. I told you to give me that. I told him to give me you the decision. Hints. I, he I, gave me hints. I feel like I wasn't going to get this. So both players are currently active. Yep. Both players have played their whole career in the NL East. Alonzo. Pete Alonzo. Uh, nope. Player A is now 28 years old. Oh, I think he's a 22. He's now 28? So these guys Player at the A age stats of- through age 22. The, the, for both of them, these are stats through 22. Okay, so Soto's player B. This is brutal, by the way. Player A, he's 28? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not going to get this. Uh, so you get the, I don't know anybody on the Marlins. Braves, Albies is older than that, isn't he? It's not Ozzy Albies. 97 home runs, and you don't know the man. Not Ozzy Albies, correct? Nope. Him and Acuna are the only guys I can think of for the Braves. The Mets, it's not Pete Alonzo? Nope. Oof. Who else is there? The Nationals, we got Soto. That's all five. I'm out. Give me the team. You have the team? Put it here. Uh, He is on the Phillies. Reese Hoskins. No. What? Now I'm definitely out. I have no idea. Bryce Harper. Oh, I'm thinking, okay. I'm sorry. 
David, next time, keep it to the same age. I'm sorry. He's 28 now. <laughs> yeah. He only has, he had that at the age. Okay. So he's making the comparison that Soto's not that far off of Bryce Harper. There you go. Okay. That was a comparison. I didn't like that one. I'll be honest with you. The <laughs> other one was better. David. Darn no, it. David's great. I like that. Okay. I love it, David. Move Thank on. you so Hit much. Hit a couple more questions and we'll be done. All right. Um, next question. Jesse told me to keep it under an hour, but we're screwing around so much. I had a cough. Um, you know what? Let's uh, jump over to Twitter. We don't do as many. Yeah, give of me these. two or three, and this one will be rapid. Just read them fast. Eric, Let's go. Eric Yanni from Twitter. <laughs> I say rapid fire. That's going funny. To Yanni and Twitter. Laugh. Go. Would you buy and hold Topps Chrome F1 wax, yes. considering it's the first time it's printed? Absolutely. Okay. Initial no year of the product, no question. Hold it. Keep it sealed. Do okay. not rip it. Go. All right, Yanni. Corey. Corey words. At Big Contracts from Twitter, Miss Jesse on Monday. Hope the beach was worth it. Winky face. I heard a rumor PSA is buying SGC. I heard this last week, too. It's not true. I talked to Peter, the president of SGC. They are not for sale, period. End of discussion, he told me. So, nope. Oh, okay. Unless he's lying, but I don't no. think he is. No. He'd tell us. No, not if he sold, signed an NDA. But still. Um, Whatever. Not no. that we know of. All right. Uh, one more from, uh, well, a couple. For a couple. Tweet. We never do the Twitter mailbag. Go. Uh, Charles at at Charles five seven one five one Twitter. What would change the price for Kobe Bryant cards? Will it just be market driven from now on? Yes. Also, would you hold on to retired superstars such as Kobe Jordan Iverson? Yes. Until, until the market picks up. Yeah. So the market's going to pick up again in general. Hold them, and I would hold those guys until it does. Unless you just need the money now, then sell it. But if you don't, just be patient. Hold. Cyberhawk. Oh, I kind of I like that Cyberhawk. From Twitter, I have a Spencer Torkelson first Bowman with a wrong back error. Um, I know error cards make uh, errors can make cards more or less valuable. What do you think this error does to the value of a modern card? I have zero idea on that one. I would look it up and see if you can find other copies that have the same error. At, at which point, it's like, okay, it's kind of a popular error. If not, yeah, you may be onto something. Is that a thing? If there's an error, it's typically the same thing. There's multiple. It's not just one yeah, error. Yeah, a lot of times it's okay. the same. But it's tough to say. You know, nowadays, it was a big thing in the 80s and 90s. It'd be like base cards with errors. But back then, there was only one or two brands. So an error card was like super short print. It was something cool. Now, not so much in general. Although, if it's something rare, sure. That's what I would do, though. Search around, see if you can find other editions, uh, other copies of the same card. If not, yeah, you may be on to something. Okay. Um, let me see. I think that was Twitter. Uh, let's go back to a little Facebook. Two more and we're done. Let's go. All right. Uh, Dan Benendum. Danny B. We met him in Wisconsin. The Facebook. What are the best alternatives to golden auctions that maybe don't charge a full 20% buyer's premium, but still have a variety of higher-end products? eBay? You think? I mean, eBay's, yeah, eBay's great. I mean, there are. There's one or two I other mean, auction houses. I mean, Heritage is big. Yeah. Pristine is big. Leland's. Um, but when it comes to the buyer premium, I'm not sure. I don't know what the buyer premiums are at those. Almost every auction, every auction house always has a buyer premium. So, But what the percentage is, I don't really know. Even high-end stuff, I buy more of it on eBay and Facebook than anywhere. Well, and also just like you got guys reaching out too, right? That's the, yeah, that's the advantage I have. So it's different. But card shows too, Dan. I mean, we we bought some big stuff up at uh, Wisconsin. We'll buy some big cards at the national. Like you can find big cards at card shows. 
Um, and in-person deals are always a lot safer. But I, to me, eBay is great. You've mentioned this a little bit before, but uh, Heath Kearns from the Facebook. Thoughts on grading RPAs or other autos on thicker cards? Are they harder to grade well? Is it better to keep them raw? Yeah, they're harder to grade well because thicker cards usually get the beat-up corners or chipping on the edges on the back especially. Um, I like them graded. One of the only times you'll hear me say it, I prefer Beckett. I prefer thick RPAs in BGS slabs. I hate that company. But in general, I don't hate him, but I don't think there's any use for him right now. Be sure to check out Mike's interview with Beckett from the other day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Eric Norton had me on the Beckett show. Eric Norton's a good guy. But, I mean, yeah, the grading right now, the pricing's so stupid. Resale's not what it should be. So, or not what it used to be. I would um, grade thick cards with Beckett. Yep. Last question. Jeffrey Bernal from the Facebook. What's your favorite color? Oh, my God. All right. We're done. I would like to know. What is it? Blue. I'm oh, blue they guy. say geniuses pick green. But you didn't pick green. I'm not a genius. I sell baseball cards. All right, that's your show for today. Uh, We'll be back to the normal grind on Monday. Like I said, Euro Cup, Euro, I don't know what it's even called, but we're going to recap some of the big names and big players there. Talk some MLB All-Star Weekend and Futures Game, pricing indications, all that stuff on Monday, and some other random crap that pops up between now and then. We'll be back in Tennessee by then, which will be nice. Uh, So yeah, brought to you by the Ringer Sports, (laughs) the the Ringer Podcast (laughs) Network, powered by Spotify. Make sure to a bunch of the other. Here's the one of the last question because we got a bunch about different services. We still, it's the same. We should just get a recording and play this because I always tell guys the same thing. Sportscardsnonsense.com under card services. We've got grading options. If you want to use Nash cards here in Nashville, you can use walk-off submissions. Those guys review and assess cards for you so you can see what you should grade, what you shouldn't. Their links are both on the website. Guys who want to sell cards, five-star cards, does raw and graded eBay consignment, PC sports cards, one of the biggest sports card sellers on eBay. Their links are on there. Guys are always asking about supplies and material. ColumbiaHobby.com, Steve Tingwall. I've known the dude for years. Great guy in the hobby. Lives way out west in California, I think, or Washington. Always has supplies on the website. Make sure you check him out. Geo Breaks for Breaking. I break there once a week, once every couple weeks. Eddie runs it. There's plenty of people there. We'll be live on Whatnot if you want to buy and sell crap. Check them out. Uh, card ladder we always work card ladder's got the discount yeah we can't get anywhere else and and star stock too there you go yeah star stock star stock's actually getting into breaking now too so check that thing out as well uh and then yeah for star stock we've used it you've heard us buy and sell cards on here before it's an instant portfolio change you don't have to worry about shipping you know waiting on things and by the time you get the card it changes in price but if you want the physical card eventually you can yeah you can get it shipped to you as well we prefer it more for the insta trade feature of it uh and you can use the star stock code nonsense uh, for a free 10 bucks once you deposit 10 bucks so there you go those are all the sponsors on our other socials that's why we never address those questions though on the show because we just try to promote the website because it has the answers to that stuff so there you have it florida show baby Beach felt time. good felt real good all right guys catch you all later thanks for listening see ya bye